RVFTA's Campground of the Week is sponsored by Jayco. To view their complete line of RVs, visit jayco.com. And by Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. To find a campground near you, visit campjellystone.com. America the Beautiful. There is adventure to be found around every corner. And there is no better way to explore it than by staying at one of our country's 14,000 campgrounds. Our team of correspondents will guide you to the best places to park your rig or pitch your tent. On each week's episode, we'll give a complete review of one campground, location, activities, amenities, best sites, and tons of other insider intel. Plus, we'll talk about regional highlights, food, culture, attractions, family fun, and all things great outdoors. From the East Coast to the West Coast, and from the Great Lakes to the Mississippi Delta, it's time to hit the open road with RVFTA's Campground of the Week. Hey everybody, it's Jeremy and Stephanie from RVFTA.com, and this week we are taking you to the Cedar Pass Campground in Badlands National Park in South Dakota, and this place was like amazing, not amazing. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to tell you you have to stay here and simultaneously pick apart its faults. It's a very interesting campground of the week, Got to stay here. It's amazing. (laughs) It is stunningly beautiful, but it's got some issues. Got a list. We we have a list for it. (laughs) Easily, easily makes it onto campground of the week. So this campground is actually in Badlands National Park. Badlands National Park is in beautiful western South Dakota. It occupies 244,000 rugged acres. And Stephanie, isn't pretty much every one of those acres rugged? It's very rugged. Yes, that's a good word for it. Now, where is it located? All right. So it is about... A, it is about a four-hour drive west of Sioux City, South Dakota, which is where we actually started our South Dakota journey. You can go back and listen to the very first campground review that we did on the Sioux City Jellystone Park as we came into South Dakota. Then we headed west and we landed here at Badlands National Park at Cedar Pass Campground. Then we drove another hour and a half to the west to get to our, you know, Mount Rushmore area and where we stayed there. And you're only about an hour from Rapid City. Yeah. So it's really like, you know, we didn't drive long hours between each of these stops, but we really do believe that each of these stops is worth its own stay. One of the most common things we hear from people when they're planning South Dakota trips is that they went too fast. They were going out to Yellowstone or they were going somewhere else, the Tetons, and they just blew through South Dakota and they wish so much that they had stayed longer. So we really decided to soak in every stop on this trip, and we don't regret that decision for a minute. We did 11 days, 12 days, divided between Badlands National Park, Custer State Park, 
and the Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. area at Rafter J. And I'm so thankful we just did a Western South Dakota trip. And that was what we did. And we loved every second of it. And Yellowstone will be a separate trip for us. Now, one of the most common questions in planning um, a trip to the Badlands is how long you should stay. Now, we discuss a lot of that over in the paired episode on Badlands National Park over on RVFTA this week. But I'll say here also on this um, podcast that we stayed three nights and I don't regret that either. I do think that you could do two nights. However, a lot of people stay one night and I don't think that's enough to really soak in the park. I think one night's a mistake. Uh, Personally, I think two nights is a little bit of a mistake because you just get one full day. I really think you should get two full days here. And in two full days, you can pretty much see everything Mm -hmm. if you're ambitious. With three full days, you could see everything at a little bit of a leisurely pace, which is what we did. And I really, really enjoyed it. Second important note before we go on to the campground review is that Carrie Cox of TravelsWithBirdie.com did a review of basically your only other RV camping option in this area, which was Badlands KOA. It's a quick couple minute drive up the road. It's really close. And she was very fond of that campground. Um, So if you want to go ahead, I'll link to that episode in the show notes. It's pretty much a choice between Cedar Pass Campground and the Badlands KOA. Carrie (laughs) thought she had reservations at Cedar Pass Campground. It sounds like they made a mistake. She showed up to camp there. And they had no reservation for her, if I remember correctly. Yeah. She went to the Badlands KOA. Luckily, they Luckily, had a site yeah. for her. But that, that, that KOA gets really good reviews. And if you're the type of person that you really want full hookups and you want to go for a swim after a day of hiking in the heat in Badlands National Park, pretty good option for sure. Now, before we get into the details of Cedar Pass Campground, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Jayco. Since 1968, Jayco has been providing a way for generations of families to create lasting memories together. Today, Jayco offers everything from camping trailers to gas Class A motorhomes, complete with more standard features and a longer, stronger two-year limited warranty. Jayco gives you the value you're looking for and the peace of mind you deserve. Lots of family fun is to be had around a campfire with a Jayco nearby. For more information, visit your local Jayco dealer or jayco.com. Jayco, generations of family fun. All right, Cedar Pass Campground is a national park campground but it is run by a concessioner. It's run by Forever Resorts. Now, our experience, Stephanie and I's experience <laughs> in, in you know nine years of RV ownership is that the national park campgrounds that are actually run by the national park are like amazing mm-hmm. and wonderful and clean and well-run. And for us, that would be like Scudic Woods Campground in Acadia yeah. National Park or Platte River Campground mm-hmm. in Sleeping Bird Dunes National Lakeshore. Then, but the other experience we've had is that the national park campgrounds that are run by concessioners are like in gorgeous locations, but they're like poorly run and not always even super clean. Scruffy. Uh, They're scruffy. I would always say scruffy. Like it just, you're always like, goodness, can someone get a weed whacker to this place? (laughs) Like mop the bathroom floor and get a weed whacker, people. And I mean, it it pains me to say it a little bit because like I said, like when we were in Olympic National Mm -hmm. Park, we did not stay at any national park campgrounds right inside Olympic, but we drove through two or three of them that were run by concessioners and like they needed to mow the lawn. Yeah. Like it was like, these were like the most beautiful campgrounds just geographically, like you're surrounded by mountains and rivers, but then it looks like your Uncle Joe is running the place and Mm -hmm. like Uncle Joe has had better days. Yeah, he's getting tired. He he's wants to retire, tired. but you're not letting him. <laughs> and what it is, is like these concessioner run campgrounds, 
there's just a lot of like young people or college students at, like, that are running. It's usually the seasonal. It's seasonal employing, you know, employees and everything. So well, yeah, like it's foreign just exchange different. students and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, these are just not people that are being paid well or trained well, or right. they're just not really that invested in the campground. Or like when you go to Scudic Woods Campground or Platte River Campground, like the Rangers are driving around making sure everything is clean and tidy and nice. But that was not the case at Cedar Pass. But you know, here's the thing: it's not a about all of those little amenities like it is when you stay at a private campground. When we stay at a private campground, you know, that's exactly what we're measuring everything against. If you're a private campground and you're not keeping it clean, like you're probably not going to get on campground of the week, no matter how pretty it is. A national park is a different experience because when you stay at a campground in a national park, what you get is this feeling of being right in the heart of the beauty. And it's even when we've stayed at great private campgrounds, steps outside of a national park, it still is a different kind of experience. And that's why I really actually fought for this campground. Because you did. I was leaning KOA. <laughs> yeah. I'll admit it. I wanted the pool. I wanted the full hookups. I had read that the sites were a little weird here and a little mm-hmm. bit challenging. But you were like, I want the beauty. And you were right. I mean, this is magnificent. Like you are camping in the surrounded by the Badlands. I mean, you're surrounded by the mountains, 360 degrees. There's a view from every site. Sunrise. We watch sunrise, sunrise out our window over the Badlands. And you know, one of my things is that it's very difficult when you're staying at a private campground outside the national park to leave and come back. And that's something we've learned over the years. You have a big, long day in the national park. You go back maybe for, even if you're staying at a private place with a pool, all that stuff, and you relax. And then say there was that ranger program at seven or eight. You think you're going to go back to it. You're like, all right, we're going to go back into the park for that stargazing. But guess what? Maybe some of you do. Uh, we would. We don't. Like once the kids are in the pool at 4 Nobody o'clock. Nobody wants have dinner, to go back. But here, it's like you are steps away from the amphitheater. Yeah. You are steps, steps away from the lodge to go have dinner at the lodge. And at night, when the stars come out, I mean, like you're camping in, I don't want to say paradise because Badlands National Park is not. It's not like, it's not like Olympic <laughs> no. National Park where the natural beauty is just, is like paradise like. I mean, Badlands is like you're, it's like you're camping on the moon. It's like you're camping on another planet. All right. So, like I said, it was a tricky decision to stay here. I really wanted to, I pushed for it. And after staying here, there's no other place I would stay. If we went back, I still wouldn't let you stay at the KOA. I would make us stay here. And having said that, now we're going to list all of the quirky, weird problems with Cedar Pass Campground. But the size <laughs> of the campground was was small to medium size. There are 96 sites situated in three loops. We stayed in the butt loop, B-U-T-T-E, butte loop. <laughs> we'll say butte. <laughs> that, if that's quirky, that's my fault. So we were in the butte loop, which is like if you're looking at a map, it's on the left. Then next to us is the agate loop, which I'm probably also mispronouncing, just to the east. Then there's a group loop above that, again, if you're looking at the map. And then right above that is the amphitheater, which it is a beautiful, stunning National Park amphitheater under some dark, starry skies. And then right above that is the lodge. 
And then right above that is the visitor center for the whole national park. And you can walk right up to the lodge and then walk a little bit further and you would end up right at the visitor center and the the store at the visitor center. All right. Now, the great part about this campground is, of course, the views. You have stunning Badlands formations in every single direction. It's 360, um, except for the big, ugly KOA sign that's in one direction, which absolutely Stephanie drove me crazy. Stephanie was annoyed that you could see the lights from that. That was the only sign you could see the lights from <laughs> I was so annoyed by that. I don't blame KOA. I want you to see that. (laughs) Now, look, you could walk from your site out into the Badlands. And you guys... Like, you could go on a hike. And Mm -hmm. you're you're allowed to. We, uh, me and Max, Theo, and Wes climbed up on a mountain outside of the campground. And then I fumbled with my phone and tried to get reception. And I I called you. You called me. You're like, we're out here. They were here all waving. Yeah. You know, dots up there in the sky waving at you. But... You're surrounded by it. It's everywhere you look, and it's stunning. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the campgrounds open from... April through October. So like the end of April to the end of October. For 2019, very specifically, they say April 20th to October 27th. And the reservations are open now. So when this is coming out, it's in the fall of 2018. So what they do is they open up next year's calendar reservations and the whole season is open. It's not like rolling reservations in some places where it'll be eight months in advance or nine months in advance. So right now, the whole season is open. So we booked last month. March for August, and there were not that many sites left. Like, yeah. We are not saying we got one of the best sites here, though. In terms of the no, view, all the sites I wanted were booked. all the sites you really wanted <laughs> were booked. In terms of the view, though, you can see the Badlands formations no matter what site you have. But there are definitely some sites that are better than others, and if you want those, you do need to book early. It's only twenty two dollars for a campsite without hookups for two people. It's $37 for a site with electric hookups for two people. And then for extra people, it's $4 I per person. I didn't pay that extra. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to admit right here. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think like we intentionally did I don't think anybody, did I didn't. I, I, and then I saw that later on and I was like, I'm not telling them I got extra when we kids. Booked nobody online, asked. It wasn't like we were like, oh, let's cheat on this. No. Yeah. No. I, I noticed that too. I can't believe you just confessed it <laughs> I did. I did. I'm going to confess it. So nobody checked. But, um, you know, I don't know if you want to dabble in that danger, dangerous zone. Okay. So listen, let's, let's talk about this whole electric, non-electric thing. So you look at the campground map and you think, oh my gosh, all these sites on this outer loop would be the best. And you would be right because a lot of them, basically there's nothing between you and the Badlands and you're going to put your chairs behind your rig and you're just going to be looking straight out with nothing in between. It, it, would feel, yeah. it could almost feel like you were boondocking yes. if like you didn't turn around. But those do not have electric. So a lot of people were on those sites with like big motorhomes actually, because you know, they all had, you know, their generators or whatever, and they could get some of their electricity going and they had their own sources, maybe some solar, so they were fine. On the inner loops, there's the electric hookups. So that, you know, was like oftentimes trailers like we were in well, were we, plugged we had in. Maggie 30 with amp. us. We were in the rented outdoorsy trailer and we brought Maggie all the way to South Dakota. And we were worried about the heat. Oh, so yeah. we really did. We wanted, we, we could have had an outer loop site with the better view. But since we were bringing our dog, we got the inner loop site to make sure that we could run the AC. And we, it wasn't that hot when we were there. But still, I would never, yeah, we, with a dog, you just can't take the chance, you know? It's like it, other, cause there's um, a lot of, um, 
different hikes and stuff that she wouldn't be allowed on in the Badlands too. So, yeah, you if know, you're traveling with a pet, you need that electric site. Yeah, absolutely. So those outer loops are the best, but I will also say we were at site number 93, were we? 94. All right. So we were 94. Now, if you look at the, um, the campground map, you'll see another row over, you know, to the side that's like 53, 55, 54, 56, that whole area. I'm telling you a lot of those sites were like flooded out when we were there. Like really flooded. Really flooded. It had rained and that was good to see because everybody knows storms go through this region. Like this area will get whacked and then the rain moves on. And I was like, ooh, that's something to know that that whole side, when you're looking from basically like 43 up to 55, there were seriously flooded sites. Like in fact, this like... It was like a teenage girl. She was like oh, in her early twenties. On she like table. slept on the picnic table. Like yeah. she she wanted to tent camp. She was there to tent camp. There she was couldn't. nowhere to put her tent. Yeah, so, and it's not like there were other sites open for her. So she literally just spread out her sleeping bag and slept on the picnic table. Yeah. So definitely be careful of that. And if I had my druthers, if I could pick any sites, like I would then next time look for the sites like sixty three, sixty four, or like twenty two and twenty four that are on that outside loop non-electric, and they would be, like, the most amazing. I agree with you 100%, but what are druthers? You have your way. Your but druthers. what is an actual druther? I don't know. We can look it up later. Is it later. like a pantaloon? <laughs> no, a pantaloon is an undergarment, Jeremy. I've always wondered what druthers are. This is a family-friendly show. I'm going to look up druthers. Okay. And we'll, we'll it's answer your way, the question. If I had my way well, I know what it. it means in that sense, but I didn't know, like, the origin oh. of the word. Okay, now back so, to the regularly scheduled portion listen, of the show. at the same time, like, Stephanie's totally right about those sites being better. Just get whatever site you can get and don't overstress it. Like if you can't get one of the better sites, just book a site. Try not to get too close to the bathhouse. Yeah, don't get too close <laughs> to the bathhouse. The <laughs> other thing I will have to say, and I really don't think there's any way to figure this out in advance by the map, and I doubt they're going to help you with this if you call, not all the sites are level. So the road dips a little bit and you just, you need to bring some boards or whatever you're going to use to maybe help get the RV level. Like if we had our toy hauler, like our auto leveling system would have totally like laughed at me. Yeah, like I would have no pressed way. the button and it would have like, you know, scorned me. And the, the sites also come with a shelter, you know, a built-in shelter because you will not want to have awnings out. You know, it's that kind of weather formations. Wind storms will blow right through. This is not a place and where you would like put. it's almost like a little valley there. Like I could imagine the wind really mm-hmm. whipping through here. Oh yeah, these Those shelters are no were really nice. We certainly ate lunch in, in that shelter and enjoyed the shade in the daytime. Luckily, we did not have super, super hot weather. All right. Right now, amenities, you're looking at nothing but pay showers and bath rooms. Playground, no. Right. Bounce pillow, no. Right. Pool, no. That's all the, you want that? Yeah. It's all the KOA for You've you. You've got a spigot of water. You can, you know, you can fill your water. You can go to I the turn, bathroom. The spigot of water turns on and off. You have that amenity. Yes. And then you can pay to take a shower. And Wesley was horrified that he had to pay to take a shower. He thought that was very unfair. Yeah. There, there's just not amenities here. I mean, the Cedar Pass Lodge is a short walk. And it's actually, there's a beautiful gift shop yep. with like local gifts and wine. There's also the restaurant there at Cedar Pass Lodge, which has sort of these famous Indian tacos that people mm-hmm. really like. We had dinner there, and like I, I, I'm willing to like spend a lot on a nice meal. It was expensive; like I well, felt like it was just legit overpriced. Okay, the food was very good, and I think it was a special experience because the sunsets right there and the bad. You, they have the big windows, and you can look out the windows, and it's amazing. And then. Our boys insisted on buying adult meals. So I think that... 
So then all of a sudden dinner was $140 and we got dessert. Dessert. Yeah. Go for lunch. I think that you got an appetizer. I think think we we overdid it. I think we had spent the whole long day out in the Badlands hiking, et cetera. And I think we we overdid our ordering. (laughs) But I would say this, go for lunch, get the Indian tacos. Get the Indian tacos. And and don't get dessert. The the kid's size Indian tacos is huge. So don't like order the adult thinking that the kids won't be enough, even if you have older kids who eat a lot like ours do. And then there's the amphitheater with the ranger programs. And that's like the big amenity. And if you're staying here, you need to go to one of these these ranger programs. I mean, they we were like stargazing with mm-hmm. the rangers and, and learning about the night sky. It was really an awesome ranger program. I've never been to a ranger program that wasn't awesome. Yeah. This was one of the best ones. And they have a very specifically special um, star program. So every night they do a ranger program and then they set up the telescopes. Now, the problem was, is I don't want to complain because it was terrible that there were fires out west this past summer. So, like, I don't want to say it was terrible because I couldn't see the stars at the Badlands. But the, the smoke had really kept um, good good now, visuals from happening. On the other hand, yeah. I don't want to sound like I was happy about this, but that smoke, which is, is tragic and sad, created helped create magnificent, crazy, freaky sunsets, mm-hmm. which I would rather there not be the smoke and the fires. But it was like a once-in-a-lifetime bizarre kind of creepy, like apocalyptic sunset. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, and then we did get to look through their um, telescopes at the moon. So they did still like do some moon programming and everything. And it's magical and I'll remember it forever. But yeah, we didn't get to see the stars that I think most people rave about. You're sitting in the amphitheater surrounded by the Badlands formations. So um, let's move on. Wi-Fi cell service. Cell service was surprisingly okay at the campground. It was fine at the campground, not at like the lodge, the visitor center area. I would get no signal there. Here's the bottom line. When you are in the national park, you need to not be reliant on cell signal. I could get it. In fact, I even hotspotted my laptop at the campground and was able to do some work. Um, but then at the same time, I got booted off. Like as I was hotspotting another time, I got bold and I was like, oh, I have to do this travel planning. And I went on and I couldn't get it done. So I, I think that it is possible, but it's not reliable. Customer service, I don't mean to be a jerk or complaining, but I just think that when you're at this type of national park campground run by a concessioner, ironically, I just would not count on customer service. If you have a problem with your site, I think you need to be prepared to solve it. I mean, it's possible you could go up to the camp store and somebody might be very helpful, but that was not the vibe I was getting here or at the other national park campgrounds we've been to run by concessioners. I just feel like you're a little bit kind of like on your own and you need to have your wits about you and be prepared. All right. So we already talked about kind of a little bit of our loop recommendations, but did you want to make any last insider details about that? I I just think that the... um, Butte Loop? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> Not the both loop. <laughs> no. I just think that that's the lesser of the two loops with the RV sites, that the Agate Loop just seemed to have nicer sites and they were facing out with better views. Now, nobody's perfect. Like, the bathrooms were close to gross. Uh, they yeah, were not, nobody wanted it's, to... It's not even necessarily that they were really uncleaned. They were just really old. And you're also... And the showers yeah. were... were 
close to gross and you're paying for them. Yeah. So like the concessioner, you know, they're making money, right? I mean, they have to be making some money here running this campground. Like some money needs to get reinvested into the bathrooms here. It's not really acceptable to me. And, you know, we've been to other national park campgrounds and the bathrooms were better. So we went from here to Custer State Park and it was like, it was like night and day and our boys like took, I think like three showers a day practically trying to make up for the fact that I don't think any of us really hardly showered at and, all. And next week <laughs> on Campground of the Week, we're going to take, we'll do Bluebell yeah. Campground at Custer State Park, which was phenomenal. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, we can do bathhouses, no problem as a family, these bathhouses. It did kind of take its toll by the third day because they just didn't even want to go to the bathroom. Wesley wanted me to carry him in and out of the yeah, shower. Well, I did too. Yeah, I wanted someone to carry me in and out of the shower. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not Yeah, possible. I just kind of so did I, the whole like. I'm always willing to give the National Park Campground that costs 37 bucks a night, which, you know, by the way, if you're paying for the kids, the extra, it's more than that. I'm always willing to give them those types of campgrounds a pass on the bathrooms like I don't want to give them a pass on the bathrooms here I think they need to do better yeah I, I agree and 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 one of the things that we do is we usually do pair a national park campground stay with a nicer campground stay either before or after just to kind of like but prep Custer, you or Custer did that Custer did it but you know what else thank goodness we had all just come fresh from the from yogi. the jelly stone yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, Sioux, the Sioux City jelly stone when you first enter South Dakota um, was really nice. Like everything about it was really nice, and that did sort of prep yeah, us. Yeah, we were all give fresh. Us a little break. <laughs> all right, we we're so all fresh. Yeah. Speaking of Jellystone Park Camp Resorts, award-winning Jellystone Parks have everything your family needs to make long-lasting camping memories. And buck up for that National Park camping adventure. Whether you are an RV enthusiast, enjoy the comforts of a cabin, or you prefer tent camping, Jellystone Parks have first-rate accommodations, amenities, and activities. Clean restrooms, always. From water zones to mini golf, wagon rides, themed weekends, and appearances from Yogi Bear and Friends, you'll see the family fun is the main attraction at Jellystone Campgrounds. And with over 80 locations in the United States and Canada, you can have a quality camping experience that's also close to home. Visit CampJellystone.com to find a park near you. How was the mini golf at Cedar Pass? Do you remember? Uh, no, we didn't get to play that. We were too busy hiking. <laughs> they did have Camp Store ice cream up at the lodge. Yes, That's they absolutely essential. did. Now, look, we are doing an entire episode of RV Family Travel Atlas, our sister podcast or our brother podcast, whatever you want to call it, all about Badlands National Park. And we're going to talk about all of the hiking. We're going to talk about all the ranger programs we did. Everything we did in Badlands National Park. So we're going to leave that off of this episode and put it there. But the one thing we really do want to mention, because it's only 20 minutes to half an hour away from Cedar Pass Campground, is the town of Wall and Wall Drug. I absolutely loved it. I mean, anyone that says it's a tourist trap and you shouldn't go, I think they're missing the point. I think it's, it is a <laughs> tourist trap, but it's awesome. <laughs> really fun. It's a legendary tourist trap. Anybody that doesn't have fun walking in the steps of like hundreds of thousands of Americans before them misses the whole point of travel. If you're not willing to enjoy things like that, as well as going to places that nobody's been. If you been. think Wall Drug is a tourist trap, then Mount Rushmore is also a tourist trap. Yeah. South you know, Dakota is a tourist trap. But Wall Drug is like, it's many different stores. I mean, it's really a complex of stores. There's the Hole in the Wall bookstore, which had really cool regional books, the Little Britches toy store, which the kids enjoyed, the Shooting Gallery Arcade, the Mining Company Rock Shop, all kinds of Western-themed stores, 
Also, the restaurant was really quite good, and the five-cent coffee was totally respectable. It was respectable and worth every cent of that five cents. The Western, the restaurant is called the Western Art Gallery Restaurant. It really does have beautiful art in it, and it's worth having a meal there, and it's quite affordable. Then also basically connected to it is the Soda Fountain Ice Cream Shop, which had really good soda. They also do homemade donuts there, and the homemade donuts were excellent. I mean, me and the boys were really munching on those homemade donuts. I think you brought some home, too. Brought some back so, to the camper. Yeah, absolutely brought some back to Cedar Pass Campground. Hey, guys, so we hope you enjoyed that um, that rave, not rave, review of the Cedar Pass Campground. This is about Know Thyself Camper. Yeah, and yeah. Stephanie, I've been saying that on these podcasts for four years. If you want full hookups in a private campground, there's a good one there. Mm-hmm. If you want the absolute stunning natural beauty, then you go to Cedar Pass Campground. And luckily, you have those two options that are pretty close to each other. Yeah, so head on over over to rvfta.com to check out all the show notes for this episode, as well as to check out all the show notes for the paired episode on our visit to Badlands National Park. And we'll also link to Carrie Cox's review of the Badlands KOA, so you can hear a review of each of the two campgrounds and make a great decision for your own Badlands National Park RV trip. See you at the campground. See you at the campground. (laughs) 